Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. I just want everyone to know that there is an option that you don't have to fight it out in court. You know, even trying to teach attorneys this way. And it's hard because sometimes they'll say, hey, go get a little advice from this attorney and they'll want to throw in a big fight. And that's not what it's about. It's about working together. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I am so thrilled to have Sheila and Keith Hittner with me here today. I had the pleasure of getting to know them on two of their radio shows, Talk Chalk and Our Healthy Home. And I feel like what you do is in line with what I do, even though it's different. Mm -hmm. And as I got to know you better, I felt that even more, but I also learned, and I don't know a lot about it, that you've both been divorced. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my listeners know this podcast is here to help them feel hope and less afraid of divorce. So I think you have a very hopeful story because look at the two of you. How long have you been married? 22 years. years. (laughs) Come on up on 23. Married 22 and been together 30. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. And just for the listeners, it's challenging to step into children. So yeah. I was married before and didn't have any children. We had planned to have children. And then he made the decision that it just wasn't going to be in our world. And so I always wanted kids. And you know, lived through the everyday of seeing a stroller and a commercial and crying that I wasn't going to have any kids. And so, you know, I'll call your mom, right? What do you do? You call your mom and say, she's like, it's just a phase, honey. You know, it's just a phase. And then, you know, one day my car broke down and I broke down and I was like, that's it. I can't do this. Like I need kids in my life. And lo and behold, not the way I thought, but I found Keith stumbled across. God put us together. And lo and behold, his five kids. There we are. So at age 30, I went into a relationship with me having no children, birthing no children, to his five and a dog. And I was really never a dog lover. Oh, you're and, <laughs> and there was there was the five that I was to be in a position to... Um, finish raising and support and be there for them. And it was, a you know, it was a little hectic, as you can imagine. But Keith made the relationship worth it. And he came home one day with a puppy. And I thought, you have got to be kidding me. I've got your five kids, a dog. I'm trying to manage this. I'm trying to figure this out. And he brings me this puppy. 
And he said, you are doing so well with the kids, but I don't know how to teach bonding, bond with this dog. And I thought, you son of a gun, right? <laughs> I thought, I, I got to train this thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's just more work. Like, I mean, I am like, I mean, you know, going deeper and deeper, right? Sinking, sinking, sinking with all of the stuff, you know, not to mention the stress of the X, because that's a piece of it. And um, that dog was a condo. He was my first dog. And I always tell people this just to put things into perspective. So I loved that dog. I loved the family dog. I loved my dog. My dog was the baby that I never had. Right. right? So it was such an awareness when the kids would be gone for the night. I loved that dog in front of them. But when they were gone, that family dog was there. But my dog was like everything to me then. Like I put that dog aside to only give all the attention to my dog. So I thought, how do blended families even do this? Because I didn't bring any kids into this relationship. Okay, well, already you're giving me way more than I ever expected. There's so much here. So there'll be a part two, maybe, because we won't be able to get through everything. (laughs) Well, and this is the thing. Like, I love your story is kind of how you had this in your heart and God brought it to you a different Mm -hmm. way. Yes. It's different, like doing divorce different. It's different right. than what you expected, but it's absolutely everything you ever wanted. Mm-hmm. But okay. And so when I came to your radio show, I got to hold brisket. Yes. She was giving me therapy, calming yep. me down. I loved her. But I want to know more about this dog and the lesson that you learned when you kind of set the family dog aside and were giving all the love to your dog. She learned bonding. I did learn bonding. Not only did I learn bonding, and not only did we learn that, we learned how quickly it could be taken away. Okay, tell me more about that. We were on a listing appointment, actually, one night, and we get a phone call. We always, when we go into a listing appointment, we turn our phones off so that we can focus on the, on the people that we're meeting with and not be distracted. And we came out of the listing appointment and we had, you know, like 10 messages on the phone. And her mother, who was living with us at the time, was mad, you know, trying to get a hold of us. And it turned out that the dog, Kondo was his name, had gotten out the back door and was struck by a car. And so, you know, we had to race down to the animal hospital in Apple Valley and got there just in time to see him die and be with him when the dog died. So, you know, that was a, a hard lesson to learn about bonding and how when it's, <laughs> when it's taken away, it really drove the point home. So very difficult. And I'm watching you deal with tears and I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling your pain and I could go there. I have numerous dogs. I have a story about a horse, Charlie, mm. beautiful white male horse who died in my arms. Mm. And the things that he taught me, it wasn't about bonding. It was about trusting Mm -hmm. and trusting people and what you need, how there's a give from both sides. So I am so in line and I'm so sorry that you went through that, but what a gift. What a gift. He was five and it was, you know, Keith and just the forgiveness piece, right? Of forgiving my mom for for being the one, right? Um, You know, but you know, I always tell people God did such an amazing thing when he made dogs. 
And I always say that he messed it up because he doesn't give us 30 years with them. Right. You know? But then I think and go, okay, well, he really did the right thing because it's the lessons we learn. And it's just a part of life that we learn from that time that we're given them. Right. Tell me, okay, so you learned how to bond. Tell me, can you tell me more about that? So what did it exactly teach you about that? When you're talking about bringing in kids, stepchildren. You know, I, it was when with me, it was like, this dog is mine. Okay. Like this dog is mine. I have their dog, but this dog is mine. I needed to learn how to not really think of them as his, but think of them as ours and wrap that around. Now, Keith and I, we never argued. We just never did. The only hard spot for us was discipline because I am a something's wrong, you fix it type of a person. And I did something wrong and I got disciplined for it. And so it was a hard road to manage because on his side of it, and correct me if I'm wrong, honey, is that the disciplining, if we disciplined too hard, were they going to then leave and then go to biological moms? Mm -hmm. Because we didn't want that to happen at all. Were they, did you have 50-50 custody of your kids? Well, we, you know, my divorce was World War III, so (laughs) I kind of want to hear, Keith, would you mind telling me, I don't know how much you want to dig in and I respect. It's pretty simple. I mean, we were married 19 years, you know, drank a lot. It was a very tumultuous all of the time, lots of fights and arguments in the house. And it was just, it was miserable. And so when we got divorced, it just continued on. The war continued and it just got (laughs) to be, you know, just a horrible situation. I think that the loyalty thing with the dog, I think that is the torn loyalties that you see with kids because they are now in, yes. a, they all lived with us. And so now we've got these kids living with us. They're in a household now where there is no fighting and they have this loyalty towards their mother still. Yeah. And it creates tension in the house because in them, they just, they don't know how to act either. And I think that's, that's what attracted me so much to you and to your program of doing divorce differently, because during that time, after, you know, a, a very short period of time, I was just like, well, just tell me what you want. Because, you know, I, the truth is, I don't care. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Just because I wanted just to move on and be done with it. And she wouldn't even tell me what she wanted because she wanted to continue to inflict pain and, and disruption into the, into the household. And into both of us. And into both of us. Mm-hmm. So hard. with your approach, as I see it, and this is what's, I mean, I tend to be a pretty bottom line. <laughs> and this is how, you know, I'm a divorce real estate specialist. So we go into households all the time that are in the middle of a divorce. Right. And because I've been through the war, I can relate to people about what, I know what they're feeling, either they show it or yeah. if they don't show it, they're all feeling it. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is we've acknowledged that this situation that we're in right now just isn't working. And it's best that we just separate and go our own separate ways. And the truth of the matter is, is at one point I loved you and you loved me. 
and all of that love is not completely gone. I want you to be happy in your new life. I want to be happy in my new life. If there are children involved, we want them to be well cared for and taken care of. When they come to my house, I want them to have a space they can call their own and stay in their space. And when they go to your, I want the same farm there. I want them to have their rooms and a place to go. So let's just agree on now, how are we going to do that? And how can we do that? And it seems like the emotion gets involved in it. And although people, when you get them, and I find this, that when I'm talking to one or the other alone, they agree with that. They say, yep, that's, yes. that's you know, but when they get together, suddenly it's, you know, the battle, the, the, the swords are drawn and, and the battle begins again. Yeah. And Keith, so, you know, I mean, I love mediation. It's all that I do. And I do believe, I would say 80 to 90% of the time it works. Mm -hmm. In your situation, when you have addiction or maybe mental illness or a narcissist mm -hmm. or abuse, those are times when it maybe wouldn't work. So I don't know the whole story of you. I've found very dysfunctional people that are dedicated to working together and it still works for them. So I don't know if it could have worked for you, but I do know that it can work for a lot of people and it's so much of a better way to do it. So tell me, as you look back, do you think it would have been an option for you or no? Well, we went through mediation <laughs> as required by the state. Right. You know, you know, after, but was after already the artillery had been firing for about 18 months. Yeah. So it was a little late then. I don't believe that it was an option f for us just because the tension was so high. And I just don't think that there, there was no reason there. The emotions were, were right. out of control. I think maybe it could have had both parties been on the same page with not drinking. So Keith wasn't drinking. She was. So that gives me, I mean, I think back. That factors into that's it. That factors into it. Yeah, so I'm going to say sure. no. I don't <laughs> think that would have worked. Had they both been not drinking, I think maybe. Now, this was also how many years ago, right. which I think that has something to do with it, too, because I think people now are just so sick and tired of paying so much to attorneys. Yes. <laughs> to, to get it done and it's more common and you know they're looking at the kids more so I think nowadays it's more accepted or more accessible there's more people that do what you do I hope that, that it is. I think that when like if she could have known this story that it could be different maybe. maybe but I still feel like a lot of people don't know about it and that is I just want everyone to know that there is an option that you don't have to fight it out in court. You know, even trying to teach attorneys this way. And it's hard because sometimes I'll say, hey, go get a little advice from this attorney and they'll want to throw in a big fight. Absolutely. And that's not what it's about. It's about working together. But Keith, I kind of want to talk a little bit more. Well, and Sheila too. So your kids, most of the families I work with, the parents have them 50-50. That doesn't sound like that happened in your scenario. Well, it, they, it was 50-50, actually. It was just the, kids were, the kids were living with us. Well, we had virtually hundred Virtually 100% of the time. They had the option of going to visit and, and have time with her. For about a year and a half, they just chose not to, just because there were such hard feelings 
about the whole situation. So it wasn't that they were prohibited from visiting. They all just chose not to. But I can imagine that would have been scary to send them there if it wasn't a healthy environment. Well, when they did go there, when they came back, it was about four days of reprogramming to get them back on track because they would come back and they would be damaged. I mean, it, it was, you could tell that they had been in an environment where there was, you know, belittling and, and name calling yeah. and stuff like that, mostly towards me, you know, what a, what a SOB your dad is. And, well, and you're half you know, them, so they feel yeah. that pain, you right, know? Right. Yeah. And, and then, I think, I think that people my, need to understand that even though there, especially when there's kid, when there's kids involved, mm-hmm. when there's no kids involved, it doesn't matter. But when there's kids involved, that relationship never ends. Right. There, you're, yeah. you are together whether you're married or not forever, because there are holidays, mm-hmm. there's Christmas, there's birthdays, there's weddings, there's yes. graduations, there's all of that stuff that you are going to be together and participate in together. And one day you're going to show up with a new wife or or a new husband. And that's just the way it is. And now mm-hmm. the family unit has gotten bigger and it might be a little bit awkward or a little bit different. But I think today it's not so different. And, you know, if you look at the right. statistics, it's pretty normalized that there's going to be one spouse or the other that shows up with someone other than the birth spouse. Right. And you're, you're hitting on something that I've learned that kids do so much better. And in your situation, it couldn't be this way. But when they do have both parents together, working together and adding in family, even though it's weird and uncomfortable, the kids that seem to do the best are the ones whose whole families can get together and do things. But Keith, that's not always, and Sheila, as you know, you can't <laughs> always do that. Right. So you went through something really hard and it still turned out okay. You know, yep. you're, you've got beautiful children. I just was going to ask you, how old were they when you went through the divorce? Well, the youngest one was in grade seven. school. So he is probably six or seven years old. We have five kids and the 15. oldest one was, was 15, 15? Mm-hmm. 15 years old. So we had a couple of years left of high school with the, with the olders and then, uh, then, you know, off to college, they started to go. But the younger one was uh, was around for a long time, and he got bounced around quite a bit. So he was, he was stayed with here for her for a year or two, and then he was you know with us for a year or two because you know it wasn't good over there, and he had the most trouble. Mm-hmm. The youngest one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so what I've heard is that the that younger one probably bonded really quick with Sheila. Am I am I right or wrong? That's what they say. They say the younger they are, the easier it is for them to bond. The they're the younger two, the the youngest, the the second youngest, if you will, really did. And and I think it was hard for that youngest one because of the so much back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Cause he was really the only one that went back and forth a lot. The others didn't go didn't go there much. So, so the second youngest was probably the most that I had the bonding with. I think okay. kids, kids, if they, especially when there's a new, a new spouse or a new girlfriend or boyfriend that come in into the family unit, and the kids, if they like that person and bond with them and connect with them, they feel a sense of betrayal and guilt mm-hmm. towards yes. their their parent, their mother, mm-hmm. or their father, whoever it may be, and. 
And, and that, that shows up at different times of their life. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it, well, it has. <laughs> yep. And so how did you handle that? Just talking about it? Well, all of the kids, you know, we, we were in counseling. I mean, I we, we yeah. believe that you need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it needs to be someone other than me or, or mm-hmm. other than, than Sheila. So, you know, they were in counseling and went through that uh, to try to help coach them through. But as Sheila said, you get through that and you think, okay, good, we did that. We're on our way. Everybody's cool. And then all of a sudden you go through a puberty or something mm-hmm. like that. And the whole thing starts all over again. And suddenly, like like all families, I guess, when the daughter hits 13 years old, it's just like the, the exorcist know, head spins. The exorcist head starts <laughs> That's what I always say. The exorcist head spins. My husband uh, always reminds me of how yeah. I told him. And I don't even remember this when our oldest turned that age. Yeah. I'm like, don't try to figure it out. Just no. Don't, yeah. Don't, right. Don't. Yeah. You know, and and the, the, you know, there's there there are some challenges, right? You know, obviously with me coming in and the five kids and whatnot. And there's you know a few things stick in my head. Like one of the things was a counselor that said, Sheila, it's not you. You need to keep in mind that it's not you. It's the position you're in yes. that they would do whatever they're going to do and however they're going to act to 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 the person because of that position. So that was if if anybody needs to hear that out there that was like yeah. you know some of the big saving saving grace, right? And then there were a couple of times, you know, I probably said a few things I probably shouldn't have said to Keith, mm-hmm. you know, but not many. And I would just take the dog and I would walk the neighborhood and I would be yelling at the dog. I would be talking to the dog. I would be venting at the dog. And I'm sure the neighbors thought, who is this lady talking to? Why is she yelling at her dog? But, you know, if it's a tough situation, remove yourself and get your stress and your anger out. It's just because you're going to regret saying something to to that spouse, to those children that you are not going to be able to take back. Well, and Sheila, what I want you to know, too, is I always tell people, be kind to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have empathy. Mm-hmm. Don't beat yourself up too much because you are going to slip up. We are mm-hmm. human, yep. flawed beings. Yep. And it's a, it's okay. You know? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you went through you went through something really hard. And I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. most things that are worth it are hard. Yes. But... The position that both of you were in with all those kids could not, it just could not have been easy. I, and I didn't even know the depth of what you <laughs> went through until just now today. And what I think is so interesting is you're devoted to kind of helping people who are going through divorces with mm-hmm. your real estate. And, and it really you- helps with both of us because both of us having our license and both of, of us being divorced is that we've experienced that. So yes. when we help couples through divorce, they I, I always tell people, if I were to ask you when you're happily married, if it would matter if you had a male or a female real estate agent, you would say, it doesn't matter, just as long as they know what they're doing, right? right. But the minute I ask you in when you're in a, a divorce situation or an unhappy marriage, does it matter now? And they, they would say yes. So it really works well because we can have, we, we have to stay together with our communication, but they can communicate with him and she can communicate with me. And we, that's amazing. Yeah. We, it it really, there, there's a lot of people too, that 
will not call their past agent because they're ashamed, they're embarrassed, you know, and, and they don't, they don't want to get their garbage out in front of people that they, that they know they want to preserve some of that. And so that's another big reason why they, they want a couple. They want us. I'm so glad to have met you and know where I will send people because you're doing the real estate but you're doing other things too. And that's why, because that's so in line. You know, you, I think you talked about Keith. I think you brought up the four pillars. Right. So we, our whole business operates under what we call a healthy home scenario where we believe in the four pillars of a healthy home. And the, the first pillar, of course, is the real estate side of things. You got to have a nice house, safe place to live in good condition. And then you have to have a good ecosystem inside that house. So we're very conscious about what products you're using, how you're cleaning, how it's maintained and those types of things. And then you you deal with your own physical person. You know, are you eating correctly? Are you getting mm-hmm. enough rest? Are, are you, how's your, how's your exercise in your mobility? Those things are very important to your mental health, which is the fourth pillar, your emotional and your spiritual well-being. And that comes down to talking to people, you know, and, and your faith and, 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 and you know, do you meditate? And those, if those four pillars aren't all spoken to and in good shape, the roof is going to fall down. So our business then is a family-based business. And when we deal with households and however that family's unit or that family structure looks like Mm -hmm. doesn't much matter because it's all the same. You've Mm -hmm. got to have those four pillars in place or there's going to be trouble in in that house and in that family. And so we speak on that and teach on that quite regularly. Well, and Sheila, tell me a little bit about (laughs) some of the health things that you're doing. I'm really interested in. You've had some events. Yep. So... You know, you turn into an advocate when something happens to you typically, right? So at age 50, my liver started failing. I was lethargic. I missed a few showing appointments because I was trying to nap all day long and I'm a go-getter and I blew up like a tire around my, my stomach and I didn't do the bonbons. And I always love to say that bless Keith's heart, he met me at 180 pounds and still loved me. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And so, so I didn't, I didn't do it on purpose, right? I, I, I know better. And so long short of that, my liver failure was from a toxic chemical overload. Mm. And so the body can only take so many chemicals and then it spreads to whatever organ or whatever weak point yours, your, yours is. And so at that point of, you know, being really, really sick, laying on the ground, you know, asking God, why is this happening? It was either I could stay on this road I was on eating the way I was eating with all the chemicals in my home and putting on my body and so forth, or I could, you know, turn the fork, turn the road to a different corner and be there for our 16 grandkids, it's not, it wasn't 16 then, it was probably 10 or 12 or mm. whatever, whatever it was, right. but there's How long ago now. was this, Sheila? Eight years ago, because I'm okay. 58. And I always say I feel I'm 58 and I feel better than I did in my 30s. And because the body's meant to heal, right? You just have mm-hmm. to know how to heal it. So I, that turned me into this advocate about, my gosh, I didn't know that my cleaning products is like smoking 20 cigarettes a day. And that's the damage it's doing to my lungs. I used to smoke two packs a day. There's a reason why I quit. Right. right? I didn't know that bleach and the blue dish soap and the laundry soap and the dryer sheets being the number one most toxic thing in the house because you're 
chemicals are in there. You're drying your clothes. You're sweating in your clothes. You're getting yeah. it in your lymph set, lymph system. And so it just it just turned me into this. I didn't know. There's got to be other people that mm-hmm. don't know. So so the Our Healthy Homes then was born with that from that from that. So we love to teach you how to be healthy in your home because at that point I literally thought I was going to die. And when you don't have your health, what do you have? Right? Right. And so it's now, you know, it's it's more than that. So I have learned a lot through my own health journey. And I love to share that with people. I love, love to that. help people. If I could help you get 25% better, what mm-hmm. would that be worth to you? That's what I love to ask people. Mm-hmm. If I could have some time with you and have you feel 25% better, what would that be worth? Because I could do more, but just think about what 25%, right. what is just sleep. How about sleep? I just got a text this morning. I can't sleep. I sleep three hours a day. A friend of mine, I was talking to them and they said, you got to call Sheila because she can help you. Right. So tell me a little bit more about, so you guys are going to tell me how to connect with you and I'm going to have it in the show notes, but how do those people find you and what do you, do you have some kind of a tool that can diagnose certain things as well? Well, we can't, I can't diagnose, treat, or prescribe because I'm not, you know, a doctor. Uh-huh. We have tools. We have things that, that we, that help us. I have a group of friends that between us, we can get on a Zoom with somebody because they're not local here. And, and we can, between all of us, we can ask the right questions to break it down for somebody for a place to start. For example, a past client of mine, we helped her get her blood sugars down a hundred, a hundred points in a month and a half. Wow. You know, it's, it's things like that. Right. And, and so together we're, we're a, a group of people that just want to help people. And we do have a, a little tool that, uh, you know, gives us a little indication of, of what's your top priority for your body that maybe, you know, could use some, some love and support. I do Zoom classes. I do in-person classes, you know, a ton, ton of events. Last weekend we made fire cider, right? Yes, and then we had a couple of make and takes that you could do to make, you know, homemade things that don't have the chemicals in them that are going to bless your body and not tax your body. So good. Okay. So just tell me if someone wants to reach out to you about that, where do they go? Probably the easiest place to go is just go to Keith and Sheila Hittner.com. Mm-hmm. That's, okay. that's really the central hub. Keith and Sheila Hittner.com. Go to the link tree. That, that will give you links out to a number of websites that we have, our healthy homes, living beyond recovery or real estate searches, whatever you want or need is on the link tree there. And, you know, our YouTube channels and then just reach out. It's so easy. Just reach out. Be happy to have a conversation with you and get you pointed in the right direction. I heard Sheila answers the phone too. Yes, I do. I I love, if I'm not with somebody, I, I, you know, or sleeping, right. Cause I'm not going to answer the phone at two in the morning, Right. but I love, love talking to people. So 651-775-9194. I'm old school. I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. 
I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective, and it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. So this has gone so fast. I could talk to you for hours, but as I wind down my Mm -hmm. show, I would like to ask my guests for just one key takeaway tidbit. One thing that maybe our listeners could do right now to help them. Do you have something? I mean, it can be a repeat of something you've said, something that you really want to set in stone that you could share with them. Well, I would say that the that what you need to first do is make a decision that you want to get better. And that's what our living beyond recovery is all about is all recovery, all wellness begins from the inside out. Whether you're recovering from a divorce or you're coming from recovering from an addiction, it doesn't matter. It starts from the inside out. So the best thing that you could do is reach out to Sheila or myself, go to the website and have that initial conversation and then we can steer you in the right direction. This is a lifelong journey. It is not a quick fix 30-day program or anything like that. This is a changing of your worldview in your life, and it is amazing how well it works. And I just need to say that if you have, what if what you're going through is in your support staff that you're with is toxic, it's really just so harmful to you and it's not going to move the peg for you. So if you are with that supportive friends, family, whatever, that is toxic, that thrive, you know, what -hmm. you're going through and they just keep pushing the buttons, it's not helpful. Yeah. Many people don't want you to recover or get better because they want you to be as miserable as they are. Yeah. And that just makes you spiral. We always talk about, you know, have a good friend to talk to. Yes. but not one that spirals you out yes. or a therapist that talk therapy. Right. So helpful. Honest to God, I am so thankful <laughs> to have met both of you. You know, yeah, honestly, and I feel like we're going to be connected. Like I want to talk more. Sheila, I'm coming to one of your events. You gotta come and I'm bringing my coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'll be sending people your way with real estate questions. So it's just been a blessing to me to get to know you. And I'm thankful that we were brought together because you have similar ideas. So listeners, if you need some help, contact Keila or Sheila and Keith. Hey, Keila. Keila. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Keith and Sheila Hittner. Thanks so much for being here, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Take care. You too.
Before I go, I just want to let you know some exciting news. In addition to my online parenting plan course, I now have the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork course. This course is going to hold your hand through the mediation process and the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork. It's easy, effective, comprehensive. You will have what you need to file for divorce with this course. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter. 